Here we go. I come up, here we go. Not sure why we're saying here we go twice, but it's done. I'm not going back. I've gone this far. Not feeling the greatest, actually. Um, you know, everybody at one point in their life has their heart broken. Right? There's And there are some people out there who will tell you they've never... They've never experienced that. Or there are some people that you see that you you think could never have their heart broken. You know those people, the people that you despised in high school simply because they were beautiful and tortured everyone that came in their path. Um, but those people got hurt too. There was eventually, they meet up with someone where they don't anticipate it and they fall head over heels over someone and that someone is another person who people think has never had their heart broken because they too are beautiful. So there's always one, somebody's always getting their heart broken. What about those people, too, that you see now that are beautiful people and you think, well, who's going to break their heart? You know? And these are probably people that, you're, that have broken your heart. But often those people were the ones who were getting their heart broken in high school and then they blossomed after high school, right? They were those gawky, gangly kids in high school. Then they come out. And I don't know, just something happens over the course of a year or two and you go, holy fuck, what, what the hell happened there? And then they go on a, they go on a rampage and um, just start screwing everything that they can. And why not? Because they weren't able to in high school. And some of these people, it's not all of them, not everybody's a dick, but they, uh, they don't mind hurting people too. Let those people feel what they were feeling like in high school. I, that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about me. Why is it always got to be about, uh, about other people? I'm talking about not feeling the greatest, uh, because, uh, you know, it happened to me again and I wasn't expecting it. This is a relationship that I went into, should not have gone into, should have not have stayed in this relationship. And it's, while you're in it, you're thinking, well, this is convenient and I'll just kind of hang out here because I'm not terribly motivated to look for something better. But if somebody if were to come along, then, you know, I'll just pull a shoot on this one. Now, that sounds like a dickish move, too. But going into the relationship, I think it was pretty much understood that we were both playing by those rules. Um, it was just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't discussed. 
it was just understood. And as the relationship progressed, it's amazing how you, there are a couple of things. One is I actually started liking many of her characteristics and wasn't expecting that. Didn't see that that was beneath the surface. Was quite surprised and quite intrigued. And which made it even more appealing because it wasn't there. And I don't think many people um, that she comes in contact with will ever see that. And so, yeah, that's probably the real reason why I'm heartbroken because I, I liked that part of her. I didn't like all the other shit. I didn't like the jealousy. I didn't like the, the abuse, the mental and, and uh, near the end physical abuse. But I tolerated it. And I'm not talking, I'm, I'm just talking about every, you know, the jealousy was getting a bit out of control for no reason at all. It was not justified. I wasn't doing anything. Um, but it was getting a bit, uh, a bit out of control. And of course, I tried to fix it. I wanted it to work and looked at the relationship falling apart being my problem or my fault and what can I do to fix it? And I'm working on that now with a little therapy. You can't fix everything. You just can't. Despite your efforts, it's, you know, sometimes it's just futile and you got to know when to pull a chute. And, and um, yeah, I should have done that a long time ago. But it doesn't mean that you can't be heartbroken. It doesn't mean that you can't miss the positive qualities of that person, regardless of how few there were you know, now in retrospect. Um, but, yeah, it just, it just it kind of just does that. Um, so let me, uh, song number one, um, not really reflective of this relationship, but kind of another, uh, it is of an, of an earlier relationship when I really got heartbroken, when you can sort of see that they are not as interested in you, which hurts, especially a relationship when you go into it and um, the first part of, of it, they are just, you are their world. And uh, yeah, that always surprises me that, that that would happen, that I would be that for someone, but it has happened. And when that changes, it's a shot to the ego, one. Two is just you see it falling apart and it gets to a point where you know that there's no way you're going to reel that baby back in. And that's when it really starts to eat at you because you see that they're interested in other people. You're not their world anymore. And uh, that hurts. So first song, um, great album, start to finish. I, I absolutely love this album. Bonnie Light Horseman, 
the roving.
Mr. Jablonski, where were you on the night of Tuesday, September 15, between the hours of 7 and 9 o'clock? I, I was in my apartment reading a book. So between the hours of 7 and 9 o'clock, let me get this straight, the exact time the alleged murder took place, you were alone in your apartment reading a book. You never left the apartment, that's correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, Your Honor, no further questions. Thank you. Counsel for Plaintiff, your witness. Okay, so, Mr. Jablonski, that is your name, right, Mr. Jablonski? Yes, that is my name. Okay, 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 then. So, you're telling us that you were reading a book in your apartment between the hours of six and nine o'clock. Um, no... Um, no, no, that's not what I said. I said between the hours of 7 and 9 o'clock. Or to avoid further uh, confusion, between 1900 and 2100 hours? Oh, well then, isn't that a lot of hours to be reading, Mr. Jablonski? That sounds like you're not telling the truth, Mr. Jablonski. I'm... I'm not sure how to respond to that. Oh, okay then. Well, you're not sure. Well, isn't that interesting, Mr. Jablonski? Maybe you weren't reading the whole time. You say you never left the apartment? Yes, that is correct. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Counsel, that is inappropriate behavior for my courtroom. And I won't tolerate that. So, Mr. Chip Blonsky, what book were you reading? I was reading The Firm by John Grisham, I believe it is. Oh, you believe it is? Okay, then all right, I guess we'll have to believe you then, right, Mr. Chip Blonsky? Well, it, it's, it's true, actually, I was reading The Firm. Liar, liar, pants on fire! Counsel, stop that right now. You're acting like a child. You're acting like a child. You are being ridiculous right now. I know you are, but what am I? Excuse me, counsel? I said, I know you are, but what am I? Counsel, I've told you once already, this is inappropriate behavior. And I will not tolerate it any longer. This is inappropriate behavior and I will not tolerate it any longer. Counsel! Counsel! This is ludicrous. This is ludicrous. What are you doing? What are you doing? Your Honor, my client does not have to be subjected to this. It is my fiduciary responsibility to remove him from this line of questioning. Oh, fiduciary. Mr. Big Shot, with the Big Shot words. Hey. Mr. Fiduciary Jablonski. Counsel, one more outburst like that and I will be forced. Oh, Mr. Tough Guy. Oh, you're so tough. Oh, it's a big and strong tough guy. Okay, that's enough. This has gone on too long. I want to see both of you in my chambers right now. Oh, 
So you want us in your chambers? Okay, I understand. Well, giddy up!
There you go. Eddie Hinton. 1986. That is from his Letters from Mississippi album. And that album, fantastic. I have, so I have, what do I have? Two or three albums from this dude. Very Extremely Dangerous, his first one. Fantastic. Got that. Uh, this album. And I think Cry and Moan, I think I stopped there. But this guy, fuck, another guy, like 51 and gone. Why did it, why are these guys have to die so young? 51 years old. Because that's young. That's young. The song, um, Sam Cooke song, though. And of course, we know all about Sam. I, I yeah, I can never have enough Sam Cooke. That guy, fucking brilliant. Um, Eddie, though, lead guitarist, uh, Muscle Shoals rhythm section, so played with all the greats. You know, the Wilson Pickett, uh, Aretha, um, Percy Sledge, it goes, uh, Elvis Presley. You might have heard of that guy. Boz Skaggs goes on and on and on. Salman Burke. Um, and just thought that that song kind of fitting in with, uh, with the theme of today. Thinking that if I got a call from that girl today, I think I might. I th- you, you know when you're just, you're thinking, you know it's good. You know, it's a good thing that it's done. Never should have happened. But there are days where you're second-guessing yourself and you're thinking, did I, did I fuck that up? Did I do enough? Could I have? And so, yeah. If to, hey, call me today. And maybe. <laughs> 